This week on Quick Save the Podcast, we're looking back at why we love the Dark Souls series, tackle that difficulty debate, and discuss how influential the series has been this generation. Hello and welcome to the one, the only, quick, save the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch, and joining me is podcast regular, Callum. Greetings. You know what's interesting? What's that? A Dark Souls has sold 27 million units as a series. Officially. Officially, because this week, Bandai Namco revealed that it sold that many. And for a game known for, like, high difficulty, pretty niche... That's amazing. It is, yeah. And that's also, so that's also just mainline Soul series as well. So that's excluding Bloodborne and Sekiro. Yeah, just um, the Soul series. So just the, yeah, the main sort of Soul series. So that's, yeah, I mean, as you say, given that it's it's become more mainstream over the years, but given initially it was a very kind of niche title that had a pretty dedicated fan base. Yeah. Um, those numbers are, yeah, re- like super impressive. We're very much a part of that fan base. And I got us <laughs> thinking just how influential it was the Souls franchise, the past decade. Before we get into talking about why we think this series has been really influential, I'd like to just talk about what we enjoy about the series. So my first question to you, Callum, mm. is how did you get into playing the series? How did you hear of it? How did you... What got you to give it a go? Yeah, so for me, it was... We were discussing, like, before, um, like, off-camera. I can't now actually place the exact year that I started, but I want to say it was somewhere around 2014. Um, because I believe by the time I played Bloodborne, which was in 2015, I definitely completed at least one of the games. Um, so I'm 90% sure it was kind of 2013, 2014, so a couple of years after the release of Dark Souls. Um, in terms of how I found out about it, I hadn't really heard anything as far as like promotional stuff or really seeing much of the gameplay or anything. It was actually just a friend that had tried it out. Um, and at that stage, it seemed like this really kind of obscure game that like not many people were kind of talking about, but it was starting to build this kind of like cool fan base of people that were very dedicated. And that was around the time as well that people were really trying to like do law building and stuff and speculate on what the story was about, which I thought was a really cool touch as well. Um, and from what I recall, I, I didn't kind of beat it in like one sitting or like one series of weeks. I kind of played it, struggled with it and kind of came back to it later, which I think is, sim- is similar to kind of your experience yeah. initially as well. I think it's probably a common thing for people who games these days sort of aren't sort of like that. Like yeah. They don't often say throw you into it and go figure it out. Yeah, of exactly. Of course, there's yeah. walkthroughs and Wikipedia and like on Wikipedia, but like specific wikis for all these games now. But when everyone started playing, it was just like, what is this? So mm. I heard of it through someone at TAFE. He kept going on about it all the time. Like, I don't get why you like this game. And then I tried it back in 2012. Didn't enjoy it at all. Found it too difficult. Too like everything was a bit obtuse. The controls felt clunky. Yeah. And all that. So yeah. it wasn't till all the hype around Bloodborne happened. Mm. Like, I tried it a few times. I've gotten stuck at a lot of places. Gargoyles broke me early on. I quit there. Taurus Demon, which is one of the earliest and easiest bosses. Yeah. Got me a lot of times. It caused me to quit. But it, there was this... Bloodborne was the one that was like, I really want to play it. I mm. tried it. I couldn't get into it <laughs> the first time I played it. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to replay Dark Souls. I'm going to finally beat it. And then I did. And then... Mm. And the question we like 
when do you think like it really clicked for you like in terms because like we had the same experience where we kind of like went back and forth and stuff like do you remember there was a time where it clicked and you were suddenly like oh like i actually really like this game i or, think like, I like this yeah. series. i think it took to beating ornstein and smell that really for me cemented like okay i'm gonna be a fan of this forever yeah because yeah beating them gave, gave me such a feeling that no game had given me really it was just like i had to earn that kill yeah i had to become i yeah. had to get better at the game learn the game to eventually kill them my build was absolutely stupid <laughs> i put so much in endurance so and then I could, I could roll everywhere but my weapons were awful yeah so it's very like imbalanced kind yeah, of so, yeah so <laughs> you know you don't start knowing everything so of course when you look back on it, it's like that was really stupid. But what about you? What was the moment that really clicked? I would you? say it was it was basically the same because I think that was I mean as it was known for most players was such a huge war. Like even for people that were like decent at the game, like that's really the point of like if you can beat this boss, like you've you've pretty much probably beaten the most challenging boss in the game, or certainly close to it. And so I think just because of the sheer number of attempts that it took me, and just the the process of kind of gradually getting better and better at the mechanics, like that's where. When I, as you said, when I finally did defeat them, and it was it was this amazing sense of accomplishment, and it just felt as if it was like it was worth persevering through. Like even though it was it was tough and it took a lot of time, um, it was worth it for that that kind of feeling you got after doing it. And I think that's translated across all the games now. Yeah, there isn't there isn't a lot of games that give you that satisfaction of beating it, and I think yeah. it is due to the difficulty being like I guess at the time as high as it was. Yeah, I mean when you revisit yeah. it, they're not as hard because you've kind of more master the mechanics yeah and there's something even satisfying about that as well then is actually when you get better at the mechanics and then actually get their kind of patterns and stuff down and you actually start getting good at good at the game to the point where it's kind of more comfortable to go through it because initially it can seem that it's just like every new boss is like a wall or like every new area is like a wall so it can at times get a bit frustrating yeah. Um, but that's been the great thing about playing the game over the years is then like each one provides a new challenge, but you, you feel as if you have some sense of like mastery going in because you, you know kind of the basic mechanics and you have experience playing the other games. Sometimes they turn that on its head a bit like yeah, Sekiro exactly. isn't With technically Sekiro. a Souls game, yeah. but <laughs> it's like obviously if you're a fan of the series so far, going mm. into that would be like, okay, I'm going to enjoy Sekiro. But Sekiro kind of punished you for trying Dark Souls yeah so did bloodborne a bit actually yeah but i guess that kind of leads me into where would we rank the games i'll do mine because i already have it in my head of where i'd rank it yeah which starts with dark souls 3 being my absolute favorite which was cemented by the dlc being as good as it was Mm. and i mean that's a pretty bullshit dragon boss (laughs) that took a while but it just really cemented it as such a really good game but had probably the best areas and bosses but it Mm. did lack the overall design that dark souls had but my number two is actually sekiro Mm. shadows die twice mainly because the gameplay is just so good yeah like there are there are moments in that game that gave me the feeling of dark souls but i'm not going to name the specific boss but let's just say it took me a very long time but by the time i'd beaten it I felt like I had mastered the game. Yeah. Which was like, it was sort of like everything I'd learned up to that point was kind of put on. Yeah. Like put it to the test. It's like, can you like implement all these like various like mechanics and like, and nail it in like one fight. And when you nail it, oh, (laughs) there's, there's few feelings quite like that. So after that, Bloodborne, definitely in terms of aesthetic, 
terms of overall design, just that world is so, so good. Transforming Weapons is awesome. Yeah, so then followed by Dark Souls. I'll just say this, like, there's not much in between these. Dark Souls by far has the best world. So connected, interconnected. I love how it all meets up. And when you get that moment of like, oh, this is connected to here or like. Yeah. Yeah. And so many like shortcuts and like things that you didn't realize were important until like later on and stuff. And it's just so interconnected. It's got some really good bosses, but it does have a lot of, I guess, filler bosses and clearly didn't have the time to be completed up to probably how they would like. So after that, I was unsure which one was my least favorite, but upon replaying Dark Souls 2, I know that there's more to that game that I enjoy than I thought I did. Yeah. It still has a lot of variation builds, a lot of areas, but there was just too much, it was too much quantity, not enough quality. So in the early time, early part of the game, there's a lot of just bosses that I couldn't remember. Like the last giant, the first boss, he's not, there is nothing to him. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. finally is Demon Souls, a game where most of the bosses weren't great, but you could see that they were kind of, there was something good there. That was going to, I played it after all the others. So it's kind of interesting to take a look at where it all started. Yeah. The areas are awful. <laughs> there is the worst swamp in the entire series. The only good one I like is Boletaria Palace or the castle. Yeah. Which was quite yeah. a good setting. The bosses there were, for the most part, pretty decent. One that reminds me a bit of Ornstein. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's probably more in line with kind of like the level design of like Dark Souls, like that particular level. Like it's more reminiscent of what yeah. you then get in, in Dark Souls. And if they yeah. remastered it or remade it, I'd be very interested to replay it. Yeah, me too. Okay. For so sure. that's kind of me rambling through what I like about the games. Where would you rank them? So mine kind of on the fly, like just thinking kind of through, because there are a couple of games I haven't finished, but in terms of the ones I kind of put the most time into, I think I would still go Bloodborne number one, Um, just because that game at the time just blew me away. And I think probably that was a game that really made me a convert of, I want to say probably more like generally from soft games or like the Soulsborne, as it's been called, type games. Yeah. Um, Like you said, it it had an incredible aesthetic. And I think that the move to kind of a faster combat style, I think is what I now really love, like with Sekiro as well. I think it's a really cool kind of change of pace. Number two, I would actually go Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Um, I, I just think, again, just they kind of reinvented the combat in a way that kind of made it feel really fresh and original, but still retain elements of the original series. And I think even though I think it has the least levels overall, or like the least, um, at least compared to the Souls games, I think mm. each of those areas, I think are really kind of fully fleshed out and and just kind of very cool. Um, I'd probably then go, it's then between Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls. I'd I'd probably lean towards the original Dark Souls only because it's kind of what originally got me into it. And I think it's, Mm. it's, it's for a game that came out as long ago as it did. I think it's aged really well um, as well. But again, again, like you were saying, like, it's very, it's very like subtle, like between these games, like there's not like a huge gap between how much, like I love some of these, like over the others. (laughs) Cause yeah, I, I would have Dark Souls 3 next, but I think, there's elements of Dark Souls 3 that I think did it better than all the other mainline Dark Souls games, like the combat for sure. I think it, it struck a really nice balance between like the slower kind of feel of like the original Dark Souls and then like the faster pace after like Bloodborne and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and then pretty much it would be 
I haven't completed them, but it'll probably be probably the same as you, Dark Souls 2, then Demon Souls. Only because I think Demon Souls is the one where it does have certain things that do seem a bit dated. I think going back to it, like it's not held up quite as well. Um, but yeah. still a very good game in its own right. And yeah, it's, you know, it's what started it all. So I guess then like what's the worst part of the series for you? <laughs> that, that's something you don't like yeah i would say it's kind of specific to a couple of games but like it Final probably more specific. so yeah i would say it's more specific to bloodborne and sakura but probably the camera that that was probably the one thing especially with sakura that at times when it pushes you into a small room exactly, exactly when, when you're, you're in like, like a confined space it can make it like a real like a real challenge like sometimes like yeah, just to, like get your bearings um but there's nothing that really stands out in terms of like a major... I think there are always, with any series, there are things that they could like refine and like sort of improve. But I think that's mm. probably one of the things that would stand Anor. out. Anor Londo's arches are the worst thing <laughs> created by man. And there's a funny story about when I first got past them. You know, you, gotta, you can't just light a bonfire in Dark Souls 1. You've got to rest at it. Yeah. I lit it, but I didn't rest at it. And then I realized after I died... What mistake, what terrible, terrible mistake I'd made. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, people are saying, like, it's not too hard to get past them. I'm just really shit at it. It's Yeah, and it's just so, like, like just the, the force that's, like, in those. Like, it can just li- literally just knock it's you just off the edge. Gone. And just, like, ru- yeah, just ruin your day. Like, yeah, it's, and, yeah. like, when you're finding the Silver Knights up there, it's really precarious. Yeah. So, even when I played through it on Remastered, I died there 20 times. Yeah. At least just. Yeah. Because my the sway handle wasn't really built for it, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, that, I would have to I would have to second that. That was a very annoying phase, mm. <laughs> and otherwise very good. There's game. this place. There's a place in Dark Souls Two that is like underground in this water area. Like you move slowly, there's wizards everywhere. That is another area I despise. Right. But how would you improve the Souls series as a whole? Yeah, I I don't know. I would say, I think one thing is just like, you've seen it get better over time, but it's just kind of the presentation, I think as well. Um, Like in terms of like, it's been kind of like joked about, but even things about like the animations and like, um, you know, characters like speaking and things like Mm. that. I think just in terms of like the immersion, I think there was a big step up for that in terms of Sekiro. Like in terms of having more. Yeah, exactly. Like actually seeing. Yeah, (laughs) not being like just like a mannequin. Um, and having kind of more um, fleshed out like cutscenes and kind of like things like that as well to kind of yeah. flesh out the story and, more so. And as we said with Elden Ring on a lot previous episode, it's kind of like it seems like they're going more into that. Yeah. With someone who can write characters as well as George R. R. Martin. What I think I would change is sort of it's more minor, but like when you go into New Game Plus, I would like it if enemy spawns changed. I think yeah. this is actually the case in some parts of Dark Souls 2. Yeah, but I know Skull of the First Sin yeah. obviously changed locations of stuff, but I would like that to change in New Game Plus. Yeah. And like, I know yeah. you can get mods for these things that do that, but it being part of the game would be better. And I think Mimics changing their spawns would really mess with you because you would be checking every chest just to make sure it's not a Mimic because... You don't know what yeah. mimic, which one is a mimic. So I think that'd be very funny. <laughs> and that's where I think we'll talk about before as well, like also integrating more modes like the Chalice Dungeons and Bloodborne, because mm. I think that was a real strength of that game as like a it's new quite- gameplay feature was, yeah, <laughs> like it made it almost more like a, um, you know, like a dungeon crawler type game where it was like, it was kind of randomized and it had these kind of like randomized levels. 
Um, and even though like not everyone was a fan of it, that was actually one of my favorite features in Bloodborne yeah. and something that really gelled well with the series. Yeah, I think, yeah, it sort of gave you a sort of endless, like if they could make it more endless, like an endless yeah. mode to push you finding random bosses, like they could be from the whole game. Yeah, and, but like, with like different, yeah. like different movesets. Not or, to like, mention different, yeah. it had its own unique bosses. So yeah. I thought that would really increase mm. how long these games would last. I think yeah. and if you added like invasions to it and like yeah it, it would give it more replayability in the sense that like instead of just doing multiple new game plus runs like you were saying you could you could have that element of like randomness and I like, would the one thing I yeah. would say is take out crafting that part out of that area because I think it's a good optional thing I don't think players yeah. should be forced to do it because yeah. a lot of the best ways to make your character stronger is because of the chalice dungeons and yeah. that's how I got through and platinumed it easier because I did. Obviously, you have to do them for the platinum, but like, yeah, it also meant I was just so strong. And I did yeah. like the fact it was separate from New Game Pass. Its difficulty was yeah on its own kind yeah. of thing. Mm. Yeah, and I think maybe take away the ability to actually have to build them. Maybe there's something better in there if they went back and revisited the system. So I think moving on from our personal opinions on the game to. What makes this series influential, which will be our opinions again. <laughs> and kind of go into like what influence it's had. And yeah. clearly it's had a big influence on, on many games. So it proves that difficult games have a place in this era of games that are being increasingly easy and more broadly accessible. Yeah. So yeah, it means games are opening up to being more difficult and that people still want a challenge because challenging games used to be the thing of like, I guess in arcades it was to make it so you have to pay more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. like when you think about the NES era and some of the SNES games and that kind of era, games were really difficult. Not most people wouldn't complete a game. Yeah. Like, it was just too difficult. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, but it kind of shows that difficulty is still something people want. So mm. I guess when you kind of think about this big whole drama that came out, I think it was last year, people talking about difficulty options and yeah. so many yeah. articles talking about games all need difficulty options. And so I guess my question is, do difficulty options belong in the Soul series? And I've read so many opinions on this matter of why you should, why you shouldn't. But what do you actually yeah. think? Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I personally can can definitely see the merit in both arguments. I, I would probably lean towards saying that there's not necessarily any harm in including a difficulty mode in the sense that, like, anyone who wants to play the kind of original um, sort of experience as the developers wanted it, which would be the usual kind of sourcing of not having a difficulty mode, mm. um, would still be able to do that. But then maybe for people who, like maybe tried the game and liked like the lore and kind of the style of the game, but found the difficulty like a bit too punishing um, to the point where it kind of like put them off playing or like they just hit a massive wall. Yeah. I think having that option to have a lighter difficulty mode would be good. And it could literally just be that, like it could be that you have the standard um, difficulty mode that, that is designed for most players. And then you just have one other mode that maybe reduces certain obstacles. Like maybe it like allows you, um, 
it reduces like the movesets of like certain bosses or it kind of just gives you like more perks that you can use to make the experience easier. So I, I personally wouldn't be against it for that reason because I think it's always good if developers can give more choice to players because it's ultimately like a, you know, a product as well. Like it's something that consumers are buying. Um, so if there's a demand for that, I think that's, that's a good thing. I mean, it's sort of interesting to say that because there is clearly a demand for it irregardless of difficulty options or not. Yeah. And this, I think the fan base of Dark Souls has the problem where it's like you can't beat a get good. And yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. really entirely fair. I think obviously being built around that one difficulty, obviously New Game Plus is harder and it kind of has its own internal difficulty options. Yeah. There's already difficulties kind of built into it. Yeah. And I kind of think yeah. like as long as there is a difficulty that is built on Basically, it says the way the developers want it to be played. That's fine by me. If they bounce, like, I guess a lot of problem with other games is when you think about difficulties, how do they balance them around that difficulty? And, like, Witcher kind of did it with enemies hitting harder. And I kind of like the idea that you hit harder as well. So I think with Dark Souls, there needs to be always the one where it's like, this is what they wanted it. This is what they expect people to play it at. But for people who don't, necessarily have the skill the time or whatever reason they should be able to play it and i think it is yeah. it's better mm. for more people to have played the game and to have yeah. liked it than people go i can't like i know friends of mine have just have tried these games and went i don't really have the time to put all this time and effort into learning it yeah and maybe exactly. like the yeah. world is the most interesting part of the lore is i think mm. there's it's good that people can all play it but i do have a counter argument the fact that it is, does it, there's always online nature with cooperation like summoning other players and invasions a better excuse for a lack of difficulty options? Or doesn't that really matter so much? Yeah, that's the other thing as well is, yeah, how do you balance them potentially having a difficulty mode with like, yeah, exactly, with like invasions and stuff? Like it's the, the other thing, the other th- question I think too that's interesting with difficulty modes that people would usually don't talk about is then if you maybe actually had a harder difficulty mode too. Because mm. they've kind of integrated that in some of the games anyway with, say, like, Dark Souls 2, you had, like, the bonfire aesthetic, which I thought was, like, a really cool mechanic. That is an incredible mechanic that yeah. when we're talking about yeah. what's something we would improve, I would add those back. Yeah, like, like in some form. And, and, like, then in Sekiro, you have, like, the demon bell that you can ring and stuff that kind of integrates more difficulty. But imagine then you also had those kind of features where you could opt in like you had like a more kind of concrete like mm. harder difficulty mode too so i think that that's the other side of the coin that it could actually open up some more yeah, freedom for players it's a problem with opening that up kind of then imagine the community then it's like well if you're not playing the hardest mode you're not good enough yeah exactly like, yeah there's always going to be that kind of element of like elitism or like people that yeah, yeah. want like the pure kind of experience and i guess like the counter to my counter thing is that easy <laughs> won't have invasions like yeah, easy to just yeah, remove like it that. opts out of it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it's obviously you can't mode. opt out of cooperation, but it could be like kind of a more offline equivalent. Yeah, so yeah. like mm. it sort of adds pausing that the reason that can't exist is because invasions. But if the invasions aren't part of it, yeah, then you could easily have a pause in like an offline, yeah, mode, like Sekiro did. Yeah, so I think at the start, like the game recommends this other difficulty, but at any, I don't know if at any time, but you should be able to then be. Like, what if you could, the game tells you, like, are you having trouble? Yeah. <laughs> Which I find is a bit... <laughs> this boss has um, so handed getting... your ass you 20 times. Yeah, you wanna, you're getting you absolutely destroyed, you scrub. Do you want to <laughs> try something easier and, like, no way to reverse it? Yeah. So, like, yeah. in a way that would kind of work. 
Yeah, and I think yeah. I was on the bandwagon of like difficulty options should stay away from it because it affects the balance and like maybe not every not every person has to be able to play a game. Maybe yeah. sometimes there is room for games to be kind of exclusive, I suppose. But then Jedi Fallen Order, a game with difficulty options, mm-hmm. and then friends were playing it and we're talking about it, I'm like, you know what, if this is if it gets more people to play it and yeah. it really didn't affect my experience. Why should it matter that other people want it easier? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying that there is, I'm sure, like with any game, like there's a subset of people who like otherwise might have enjoyed Souls, but kind of just never got into it because of the difficulty. And maybe it's it, just a time commitment as well. Yeah. Like they just don't have the time to commit I to s- like learning all the, yeah. I suppose the one yeah. thing they wouldn't get would be the, that euphoria once you beat. Yeah, exactly. And that's like the, the trade-off as well. Yeah. It's like you, you can play on like an easier mode, but then also yeah. it feels like less satisfying. That's literally like, what yeah. it kind of comes down to. It's like, it is kind of a trade-off. Like, yeah. But to be able to play it, I think it's worthwhile anyway. So, mm. I think it's influence on, like, that was a big topic. So difficulty options being more of a topic these days is sort of fascinating. It was really brought forward by Dark Souls Existence. Because yeah. there's a game that, yeah. in an era that difficulty options are very much a thing and games can be as easy as you want them, it was an outlier that did something different. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the, like, alongside that as well, like, there's, I mean, it's it's not attributable probably only just to Dark Souls, but I think it's a big part of it, is a resurgence just in more difficult games in general. Um, mm. In the modern era, like we were saying, like, it's, it's more and more common for, like, games to, quote, unquote, like, hold your hand and stuff and, like, show you it, even... Like an element of Dark Souls that makes it difficult is also the lack of direction. Like it's not just the combat, it's the fact that you're just thrown into this world and you have to kind of figure it out on the fly. Like there's no like quest log, there's no tracking, there's no like compass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting that that all happened when, you know, there were games that were just like, when you think about Fable 2, it had a golden marker, but when you think of Dark Souls, you really, there's no real direction. And I think that is kind of what might have helped a game like Monster Hunter game where it doesn't have a map it does have a story it's kind of crap but like it kind of yeah. gets you to the point that okay so this is well that you don't 100 percent need to understand everything or be mm. you just need to create your kind of own adventure in a way like yeah and i think that actually worked as a strength because especially with dark souls like with that series like it built up this real community around it as well because like it almost gave the sense of like everyone was kind of figuring it out together because like there was nothing necessarily in game to point it out so you had to sometimes rely on like looking up wikis and like other players and stuff like that to figure out kind of where to go and what to do Mm. Um, but definitely i think it has been part of like a broader resurgence in terms of like much more difficult games and i think i think now there's more games that are like starting to see like difficulty as like a strength like instead of seeing it as like something that makes it Mm. really obtuse like it's more about like this is actually a reason to play this game is that it's really challenging and that it takes a while to master it like it's not something that you can just pick up and beat straight away it feels good to beat them like when you beat bosses in a hard game it always feels more rewarding than beating bosses in like an easy game where it's just like well i didn't really have to try too hard yeah yeah and where it's full of just like qtes and just like yeah, these which, things that yeah like which do is something dark souls did change like when you think of a game that had quick time events god of war like that was its thing and then god of war the new one came out its combat was very deliberate it wasn't really combo based yeah it was yeah very souls like and that was very much a good thing i mean obviously dark souls doesn't have an axe you can throw and return to you but it definitely dropped what action role-playing games in a 3D space used to be. 
yeah to what yeah. they are now and then you think of the subgenre that sort of or genre even of souls like games that have come out after it like lords of the fallen wasn't great neo pretty good Covain anime dark souls surge star wars mm. even a star wars game yeah kind of took on yeah it took on many elements, of, elements yeah like basically bonfires which are meditation spots you lose a resource when you die you can get it back by killing an enemy yeah and it had that very yeah it actually felt more like Sekiro in that it was very parry based in terms yeah. of combat so yeah it's kind of mm. weird to see like how high up like clearly developers were huge fans of this series more so than like went off sales because obviously They've gone like, okay, this is how they can make we can make games. And it's like I think to developers as well, like they're always it's it's less kind of competitive than you would think. Like they're often like looking to like other studios and stuff in terms of like inspiration and things that they can do. Mm-hmm. And over the years, like more like the games you mentioned, and even like to an extent like Assassin's Creed and stuff, like you've seen these kind of like elements of the combat in Dark Souls the series as a whole like crop up in other games which is a good thing because i, th- I think you'll probably agree like probably dark souls now has kind of set the standard in terms of like that combat like it's, it's almost hard to kind of go to other games because it, it has set that bar so high in terms of what combat yeah. is like in an action rpg at least now like when yeah. you think of the games yeah. that that used to be that drone like god of war it was like they're all pretty much the same combo based. You had that thing in the corner, which is your score. Yeah. And like that was yeah. what these games were. This is what, like, even Star Wars games like Force Unleashed, that was basically God of War with quick time events and stuff. Yeah. And it's sort of funny to see Jedi Fallen Order kind of do and move on with how God of War moved on. Yeah. It's just sort of like yeah. just these weird scenarios of just, we've seen this happen before of a game that redefines what that kind of game is. And God of War definitely defined it. And now Dark Souls has redefined it. So I think its biggest influence has been on its just influence other games in its genre. Yeah. And as literally, as you said, like it's almost, it's now almost seen as like a flattering thing. Like like someone will say like, this is like the new Dark Souls version of this, like in this <laughs> it's genre. Dark like Souls it's, of- yeah. Like it's almost now, it's such a favorable comparison now to make to that series. It's kind of like, a meme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and it has effectively, you know, spawned its own, like you were saying, its own subgenre of like Souls-like games or Souls-like games, as sometimes called. Yeah, so I guess when we think about what it's done is it's proved that difficult games are possible. Yeah. It's brought out a discussion on mm. full-on difficulty and like how that should be done in games. And I think also the other thing just in terms of their kind of like just their growing kind of like influence and legacy i think it's only going to go probably from strength to strength i think like you've got the sense that over time like the production values and just the scale of their games is only increase and increase so i think they're only likely to have more influence on other studios and other games to come because especially last year after they won game of the year which like shocked us like so much like i I still was convinced check out the the video (laughs) that it was going to be just trending um like that was such a huge thing as well like them actually getting the recognition for doing that and it kind of felt like the culmination of like all these games that, mm, that so it's exciting to see where where, where they go to, to now yeah, yeah well, what elden ring. ring does yeah you yeah. check out our previous yeah. discussion on that but i think that's about it for this episode of quick save the podcast thank you so very much for joining us i've been mitch and joining me has been callum cheers if you enjoyed the show, please share it to your friends and make sure to follow or subscribe on your podcast service of choice so you'll be ready for more episodes of the podcast. Hope we'll see you again as there's always a podcast to save quickly. Quickly.